Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. It's Tony on tap tonight. I'm joined by NWI. Steve, Steve, I'm just going to say this before we get any further. I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling it right now. I think everybody's feeling it right now. I've had a couple two-tree beers, soda pops, as, uh, as the kids would say these days. And Steve, that's not great, Bob. Hey, yo, Tone. I think this is the Drink Your Sorrows Away edition of Socks on Tap. Uh, like you, I've had a couple two-tree beers. In fact, you know what? I'm going to have another one right now. I you don't know care. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same thing, Steve. I'm going to I'm gonna crack them. Because I don't know what the fuck that was. It was not great Bob, though. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was not great Bob. And uh, thank you to everybody who tunes into this show. I know that... Uh, we would all like to be discussing uh, things that were better than what we saw tonight, Steve. I think I think there's there's not much further you can go than that. Um, yeah, that wasn't good. I think basically, if I could give a synopsis of this game, basically all you can do is just flush that shit down the toilet and move on to tomorrow. Get your split. I think we all said coming into this series, if you go into Houston, you get a split. You're going to feel good coming back home, 1-1, your best home team in the league this season. Place is going to be fucking jumping on Sunday night. Let's go. Get this game tomorrow. Lucas Giolito, you want to be the man. You want $200 million. Go out there. Shove. I mean, you just went right for the right I'm going, for the I'm, going, I'm, going for, I'm, going, I'm going for the jugular, baby. You know yeah, what? I'm not messing was... around tonight. That was that was quick and to the point. I liked it. It was it was like the first round knockout punch of a of a post game podcast right there. Because you we could just end the show right now, Steve. Come come in hot. <laughs> come in hot. You know, and, what? you know, th- everybody gets three minutes of socks on tap, and then it's just Steve goes straight for the jugular. I, I think says what. Says what everybody needs to, you know, think and say right now. Listen, I I think we're coming into this thing from the same perspective. I think we're both a little bit lubed up here. I think we're both a little bit pissed off by what we saw here today. So I'm just going to come out and I'm going to say what's on everybody's mind. Hey, just, you know, let it fly. Let it fly and let it go. Um, We have to break this down (laughs) just a little bit. Um. It's it's laughable because I am drunk. <laughs> it's the only reason why. Uh, it, it's it's kind of laughable. Uh, we we thought about this going into uh, you know this whole entire series, and I think everyone outside of Buzz yesterday 
And that's why I find this funny. Everyone outside of Buzz, because he's a homer. And, and he always says they're gonna. <laughs> yeah. Everyone outside of Buzz said, uh, no, this this is going to be a maybe not so good game, Steve. Uh, I was nervous coming into this one. I just want to talk lead up with you a little bit to it. I was nervous because I thought that everything that was going to happen today was going to happen today. And the Sox were going to look a little bit embarrassed in this one. And it's not because I think that the Sox don't have what it takes in this series. I think there's a combination of factors that we've collected about this team over the course of the year that could lead us to believe that this was going to be a game that was going to be difficult for the White Sox to win. And I think that's why coming into this game just a little bit, the excitement wasn't there for me. It was more nervousness. It was more, yeah, I don't know if they've got it today, especially against a guy that, you know, if he gets a few calls here and there with this wipeout slider, that's going to be able to wipe out, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu. I just thought that this game had trouble written it all, written all over it for the White Sox. So lead up, if you're thinking lead up, how are you feeling? I was remarkably calm. We talked about this yesterday in the series preview show. I was calm. I woke up this morning, kind of same thing. Um, throughout the entirety of the day, I was working from home, felt pretty good for the most part. I was listening to, I had thunderstruck on, on repeat pretty much going all day. Um, so, so felt good. Went, got a lift in, in, in the middle part of the day here, just kind of let some of the nervous tension out a little bit. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of nerves involved in there um, as always, but I was, I wasn't jittery by any stretch of the imagination. And I think maybe part of the reason why my mindset is a little bit different, maybe from you and some of the other guys, on the show here is because I was an adult when this team won in 2005. So I think I probably bring a little bit of a different mindset, whereas you guys were, were certainly younger at that point. Um, what you guys got to experience that year is probably close to what I experienced in 2000 when they got swept by Seattle. So I think it was just a little bit of a different mindset. And so for me being older and, and getting to experience that at, at a different age point in life, it maybe brings a little bit of a different perspective for me. So I didn't have the nervousness um, along with kind of just leading into this game today here. But to your point, this just was never a good matchup for a number of different reasons. You look at Lance McCullers, how he has attacked the Sox um, in his couple of starts this year, being a guy that featured a lot of breaking balls, Lance Lynn, heavy fastball pitcher, Houston's the best fastball hitting team in the league. They've hammered him a couple of times. Sometimes it's just not a good matchup. And we saw that again here today. And I think you and I talked about this last night again, that if they were going to lose a game in this series, today was kind of that day. And a lot of our fears and premonitions that we had really just kind of played out the way we thought they would. Yeah, Steve. And I think that some of the, the fears, at least for me, were the offense. And I, I kind of went to this when we talked about this series preview a couple of times when I said, it doesn't matter who starts game one, who starts game two, you're going to need to jump on a pitcher early. And one thing that I saw today was 
McCullers getting calls on sliders that were, you know, barely out of the zone, but right on that outer half of the plate early on guys in the top of the order. And let's be honest, Steve, one of the crutches of this White Sox offense has been that pitch for what has it felt like three years now? That exact pitch just in a, in a sequence seems to kill these guys because the opposing pitcher can go back to that at any point in time. And if you're frozen on it every time and you're starting to get those calls early in the first inning, it spells trouble for this team. That's just an observation that I've had. I can be way off base, but I saw that early from McCullers. It's the same strategy that he employed earlier on this year and just his profile of a pitcher, Steve. I just did not have any confidence coming into this game that they were going to be able to, as an offense, handle that. And that, you know, if I'm if I'm a Houston Astros fan right now, and I saw the way that McCullers attacked the White Sox offense, I'm sitting there thinking, if the rest of my staff can replicate what they did today, we're not going to have a problem in this series because the White Sox have had trouble doing that and getting the bats going. And as a White Sox fan, Steve, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, you can't let that happen again. So worst fears, that's my worst fear. Well, Tom, my counter to that would be none of the other starters that Houston is going to throw out there for the remainder of this series have the type of stuff that is similar to Lance McCullers. When Lance McCullers is on, his stuff can be so electric that he can go out there and he can literally beat anybody. So whether it's the White Sox, whether it's the Dodgers, whether it's the Yanks, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, the stuff was good. The stuff was crisp today. And the key factor to this here is he was commanding the ball on both sides of the plate, fastball and slider. This is a guy that among starters in major league baseball had one of the highest walk rates in the entire league. And he walked nobody today. And I, th- I think through the first, maybe three, four innings there, there were very few three ball counts that he even had. So he had strong control and command here today. When you couple that with the just natural stuff that he has, I'm sorry. Sometimes you just have to chalk it up and, and deal with the fact that it's going to, it's just one of those days. And I know it's cliche, but sometimes that's just baseball and it fucking happens. I, I'm not that upset. I was about having it. A, I was having a conversation with our guy Southside Ron the other night about cliche, and I believe I told him there's a reason things are cliche. It's because they happen a lot. Yeah, and, it and, just is what it is. And, and Southside Ron, look, you know, God bless him. Um, you know, you know, good, good guy, good guy. Uh, he, he, I think he's right in that circumstance. And the fact of the matter is, this is just. One of those days. Baseball is a very humbling game. And I know that from personal experience, both playing and watching it as extensively as I do. Sometimes it it just kicks you in the nuts. And today was one of those days. And as a fan, seeing your team go out there, first game of, of the postseason, you're on the national stage, you're on an island by yourself, all the eyes of the baseball world are on you and you go out there and you lay an egg like that, it sucks. It's embarrassing, and it's very frustrating. But the fact of the matter is, this was not a one-and-done scenario. This team still gets to wake up and play another baseball game tomorrow. They are guaranteed 
two more games here. So the idea that this thing is over, it's just, I, there's obviously been a lot of overreaction on a little place called twitter.com. I don't know if you're familiar. They, with I'm it. not, I'm not really familiar with twitter.com. I see we got a guy, Johnny Nani in our comments. Interesting character. Never heard from him before in the comments. He said, should have left Lynn off the <laughs> roster. He only threw fastball. Astro hit fastball pitch. Giolito bummer. Hendricks every game fire. TLR old drunk, stupid. I don't know who Johnny Nani is, but uh, he's got a lot of crazy in him. Steve, uh, it's like a Mike from Milwaukee situation that we got going on here. Uh, Johnny Nani, what do you think about this? The, the, this, this Johnny, look, look, this Johnny Nani guy, he makes a lot of great points. You know, um, he might have had a couple of two tree beers in him himself tonight, you know, so he might fit in real well with this group. And, uh, you know, look, he he's right. I mean, I don't know, maybe Lance Lynn should have been lost. Wait, wait a bit, hold on, hold on, Tony. I gotta. I just had I just had a thought here. Why did the Sox trade for Lance Lynn? I don't know. I, I wish we could get Johnny Nani to call in. I think he'd be an interesting interview, Steve. I wonder if we can get him to call into the show. Uh, you know, he he seems to have some things to say about Lance Lynn on the roster. Uh, so maybe we can get Johnny to call in tonight. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, Steve, you bring up an interesting point about trading for Lance Lynn. Uh, this season and uh, I want to go you know a little bit deeper with this Steve why is Lance Lynn here you know if if we're if we're going to get really serious about this you know Lance Lynn I said it the other day he was here to come in and uh, you're cracking another beer you need to get ready for this question Uh, you know he was brought in to come in today in, in this ball game in game one and and just shove for eight innings and only give up one hit steve so uh we lost the trade right clearly let's, they let's should get your kept, column i, I need your column the white Sox should have kept dave dunning hashtag my column <laughs> um look if we're going to be serious here for for a minute it's, it's it's been fun you know kind of joking around here i think i said earlier it's just not a good matchup lance lynn against this houston astros team it, it just, you look at what he does versus what they do. And sometimes those things just don't line up. And the Sox were on the wrong side of that here today, unfortunately. And like I said, it sucks to watch it as a fan. We were all really jacked up to watch this thing. I think if you look at the overall reaction, the overall mood on the twitter.com, Heading into the game from the time that I woke up this morning, was eating breakfast at like six o'clock this morning, just seeing everybody, people were jacked. And as you know, our guy, uh, you know, Johnny Nani likes to say, don't get up for the letdown. Well, we got up for the letdown today here, unfortunately. It happens. It's baseball. Flush the shit down the toilet. Go get them tomorrow. I'm trying to find this Johnny Nani guy and get him in this uh, in, into this uh, into this post game show here, so we can get some more some more hot takes, meatball takes. Like uh, should have left Lynn off the roster, but uh, Steve, you talk about getting up for the letdown. For some reason today, I just didn't feel it. I I didn't feel 
that the White Sox were going to win this one. I started to feel it yesterday. Totally. I think it just comes, like I said, I just feel like it comes down to the fact that everything in this scenario today was leaning in the Astros' favor. Just knowing how Lance... Here's the moment for me, Steve, though, and I think you can relate to this. You wake up, you get in the car, you're going to grab your, your morning coffee, you turn on ESPN radio... That's your first mistake. The White Sox flagship station, and they're talking about Justin Fields. I'm going to say this one time and one time only. If there is one first-round pick named Fields in Chicago sports history that I care about, his name is Josh. Fuck (laughs) Justin. I went there. That's right. You know what? Know. Here, 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 here's here's what it all. I don't even. Down. That might be the greatest moment in this show's history. Here's what it all comes down to. It all comes down to this: the fucking Bears hexed the Sox this morning when they tweeted, "Good luck, White Sox." We all know the Bears are a fucking hex. That's a joke of a franchise. They're living off the glory days during the Great Depression. Fuck the Chicago Bears. It's their fault. Wow, I feel like I just got a lot of emotion out of you. And and that's why you should be tuned in on YouTube right now watching this is because what just happened right there. I apologize for nothing. I don't want you to apologize for anything. That was that was fantastic. I'm I'm I can't even speak right now. I'm I'm glad I put that I'm glad I put that on T for you right there to, to just let everybody know how you feel about the Chicago Bears and the coverage of the White Sox on ESPN radio. Like I'm I'm glad. And and you know, some of that, Steve, just comes from the fact that when we drove back from the Field of Dreams game, that you had the Sirius XM subscription just so that you can listen to MLB Network Radio. And that that was life changing right there because even that wasn't good enough. Baseball coverage. You're you're 100 percent right. I made a strategic decision when I got my vehicle in 2017, and it had that 90 day trial period of Sirius XM. I can't go back now. I can't go back to regular radio. I just it's it's not going to work for me. I can't listen to the score. It's just too much bullshit. ESPN has sucked, you know, ever since the Sox left there in 2005. I can't do it. So, I need that MLB radio. I need Octane. I need Lithium. I need Liquid Metal. I need better options than what Standard Radio is going to provide to me. I think it's fantastic. And I've been waiting to just bring that out at like at, like at one point and I felt like that was the most appropriate time to bring it up on on a playoff post game show after the White Sox just completely shit the bed. We're uh, really derailing here. Yeah, no, we've really derailed from everything. Uh yeah, no, Sox lose 6 to 1, Steve. I want to get into a few different things for, for like at, actually from this game. Um Jose Abreu at DH. I think that this is something that was probably bound to happen after all of the hoopla that led into this. And we haven't really gotten into just into what all that meant. But I think there's a factor here. Like Jose Abreu's clearly not 
100%. He's your DH today. White Sox don't have a lineup early today. Dusty Baker makes a comment about it. There's some gamesmanship in there. How are you feeling about the whole Jose Abreu thing? Because I I almost feel like there may be, and I don't want to slander my guy, Gavin Sheets, but I feel like there may be one or two plays where Jose Abreu at first base may have made a little bit of a difference in this game. Here's what I think about all of this. Jose Abreu obviously is not feeling well. The fact that he did not travel with the team on the charter down to Houston tells me a lot about how he felt physically. This guy is a fucking warrior. Let's be real about this, okay? You essentially have to have this guy in a wheelchair or he has to have a positive COVID test for him to not be in the lineup. I thought that comment from Tony LaRusso was absolutely hilarious before the game when he said that if Jose Abreu wasn't in the lineup, I would have to show you the cleat marks on my chest because that's who Jose Abreu is. This guy will not take being out of the lineup. He just simply doesn't. This is just who he is. The very fact of the matter is he obviously didn't feel great. And he talked about that in, in his post-game commentary, but he was good enough to get into the batter's box. I think I think it was, what, four times today here. That in itself was, you know, a, a positive for the White Sox. We got to be real about this here. You didn't know how he was going to feel coming into today. And so I think it was important for him to actually be able to go out there and take batting practice, see how he felt physically, see how he felt from a strength standpoint. So Dusty Baker can fucking whine, piss and moan all he wants and everything. I don't give a shit. Frankly, you know, you you can do all of that nonsense, Dusty, if, if you want. But at the end of the day, Jose Abreu is the big bat in the middle of this lineup. He's one of the two quintessential leaders on this team. He's got to be given every opportunity to see if he can go. If that means you don't get a lineup until an hour before the game, deal with it. Period. Paragraph. Dusty Baker's always going to Dusty Baker, though. Like, you got to know. He's just going to do it. I love the history between the two of them. I love it. As a baseball fan, you got to love some history between some guys. They seem to not really enjoy each other very much. If we're yeah, being completely honest. I, I just like it's 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 almost like comical to a point that these two are facing each other in ALDS. It it is borderline comical, you know, and obviously had that storyline talking about, you know, the first time you have the two guys in their 70s scoring off against each other, you know, blah 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 and all that. It's Obviously, a lot was going to be made about that from the age standpoint. Um, and I think, obviously, it's it's also going to be a storyline throughout the course of this series here. But that just kind of comes with the territory here. These are two of the most successful managers that we've ever seen in the history of Major League Baseball. Obviously, the only guy that has won more games than Tony LaRussia is Connie Mack, who you may know by his real name, Cornelius McGillicuddy. Um I think about that guy every day. 
listen, you know, I'm, I'm a big County Mac guy, big County Mac guy. Um, and, and Dusty's been a very successful manager throughout the course of his career as well. I've given him a very hard time. For, I just, I just texted this guy. I said, hop on this stream right now. Funny story. You know, he talks about hall of fame inductions, TLR one. I was actually at TLR's hall of fame induction in 2014. Were you? I was there. Yeah, true story. I was there one wow. what I that was a I tell you what, nothing was, better to take White Sox fans' minds off of the loss today. Look, and somehow how we segued into TLR's Hall of Fame induction. That day wasn't away. That day wasn't about TLR though. That day was all about going in to see the greatest player I've ever seen put on a White Sox uniform going to the Hall of Fame, none other than Frank Edward Thomas. New owner of the Field of Dreams, Steve. He's the man. He's the man. He's the big hurt. Um, let's <laughs> try and segue back to the game. I know we don't. Want I mean, to. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know you don't want to. I what, don't. What, 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 I mean, what, what is it really to talk about? Look, okay. If we want to give some some real analysis on this, the last three innings, the Sox, their plate approach, their at bats were significantly better than they were throughout the course of the first six innings of this particular ball game here. They started working counts a little bit better. They mixed a couple of hits in there. You had the unfortunate Yaz double play that kind of derailed a potential rally. I think that was in the, in the eighth inning right there, but they strung together. It was maybe four or five hits over those last three innings worked in a couple of walks. So they had better at bats. They forced Houston to have to bring in Kendall Graveman and to have to bring in Ryan Presley. And that could have some potential ramifications for tomorrow and throughout the rest of this series here. So that's where I think it's going to be really incumbent upon the Sox to go out tomorrow, jump on the Houston Astros early, get a lead, let Lucas Giolito go out there and pitch with a lead. Because that's a big deal. So if they can find a way to do that, you could potentially then tax the Houston Astros bullpen even more. And as I broke down on a website known as ontapsportsnet.com earlier today during my season, my series preview, the biggest advantage that the White Sox are going to have in this series is the bullpen. So the fact that they forced Dusty Baker to have to go to his two main relievers here today in a 6-1 to ballgame could potentially be significant down the road. So I saw people saying that, like, are we going to go down this moral victory path that the White Sox forced Houston to utilize? I mean, we, we've talked about A, bullpen, B, bull, like, you know, bullpen squad A, bullpen squad B, all of those. So Houston arguably used their A squad bullpen. Steve, do you want to take a moral victory there? I kind of do. I'm, I'm before you even go anywhere. I kind of do to an extent. I kind of do because I think it does mean something, but that's not going to be like the end all be all in this series. I shy away from the whole moral victories thing. I just think that when you get into a circumstance when you are going to potentially see the same team for five consecutive games, the more times you get to see a group of relievers in particular, the better off you're going to be. So the fact that they had to, again, force Dusty Baker to go to Kendall Graveman, to go to Ryan Presley, those are his two main guys 
right there. That's his bullpen A squad right there. So, and the Sox middle, the middle part of the Sox over got to see both of those guys here today. So, getting a, a little bit of an understanding as far as how they're going to try to attack them, and the Sox haven't seen a whole lot of Kendall Graveman over, you know, the last couple of years here. Obviously, they they saw him when he was in Seattle, but that was the first week of the season. So a long, long time passed from, from when they actually saw him. So getting to see him here today could potentially, again, have some ramifications tomorrow, game three, game four, as we move on down this series here. And Ryan Presley, a guy that, you know, obviously Houston went five and two against the Sox this year. Weren't, um, there weren't a number of save situations there. So I don't know. Did they even see Ryan Presley in those seven games? I, I honestly can't recall. So getting to see him a little bit here today, understanding again of how he's potentially going to approach them, how his ball breaks, and how he's going to try to attack them from a sequencing standpoint, that could be pretty big if there are close game situations down the road here in the remainder of this series. I have negative Nani. I'm working on building silver lining Steve. I think I'm doing an okay job. I like it. I like it. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to get there. You know, it, it, it takes a team. It takes a family, you know, to make things happen. There he is. Oh, there's the man. There somebody. Is. I was waiting for a cue boys. And that was it. That was the one. Yeah. You saw me being ridiculous in the comments earlier. Hey, guys, we talked earlier. Just pop it in real quick just to discuss a little bit. We, we don't need to get, you know, like you guys mentioned, you know, straight away from the game for uh, other tangents, which, you know, are much needed now right now because, A, it was a rough game, and, B, it, as we talked about last night, we said the world's not going to end. They lose game one. What do we talk about, Tony, comparing it with the Hawks? Uh, yes. And, you know, like you not say that game ones don't matter, but it's not that you can't come back from them. And hey, but we, right now, we, Johnny, I want that attitude. I want well, the attitude of game the, ones the, don't matter. There's the thing, still a whole it, series it's, to play. And it, it's to, to, I understand getting heated in the you know the moment of the game and when you see stuff not going your way uh, when you're watching the broadcast on TV or if you're at the game, you get upset. That's all justified. But take just you got to take a step back. Look at the big picture. You got to win three of these things. So did Houston win the series by winning game one today? No. According to Twitter, according to Twitter, yeah, they that, did. Th- that's just that's what I'm driving at here, though, Steve. And that's why that like, you know, that the comments and you can debate it. Yes. And it, I think we all kind of came to the consensus that by the numbers, Lucas Giolito probably deserved to start today. But that's why I'm, I had to come in with that comment coming out hot out of the gate with the Lance Lynn comment that like the, the, the level of scrutiny that was going into this is like. To the point where, oh well, Lynn could never he can never be successful against Houston because he only throws fastballs and they hit fastballs. And that was like the crux of the argument. And I just can't get on board with that. You're gonna have to throw him at some point. So not that you play and expect to lose a game. I get that. But at the same time, the white the matchup tomorrow favors the White Sox. Yes. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. This is how you get back into this series here. In- I think we've all known for quite a while the fact that the Sox do significantly better against left-handed starters. Now, you know, granted, they're going up against a guy that throws a lot of ground balls, and the Sox, it was talked about ad nauseum on this broadcast here tonight, you know, are one of the highest ground ball hitting teams in the league. But 
I feel much better going into this matchup tomorrow than I did today. Yeah, absolutely. And it's natural too. I mean, you just look at all the numbers, everything that you laid out in your uh, series preview, Steve, that is all pertinent stuff that we saw today. Um, and the other factor that I think we haven't brought up here yet, and I just want to touch on it, is White Sox offense is hot and cold. We've seen it all year. It's sometimes it's feast or famine. And guess what? Tomorrow could be a feast day, and we'll all be feeling on top of the world if that happens. It's exactly where I was going to go with this next point, Johnny. It's just some days the White Sox offense doesn't do what they're supposed to do. And that's what I talked about uh, when we were doing the preview to this series was that it's going to be very important for this team to score runs early. You've got a bunch of guys who are taking their first postseason at bat. You've got a bunch of guys who are, are taking their first career postseason at bat against a guy that's just absolutely designed to beat the White Sox lineup and Lance McCullers Jr. on the mound against you. And you, you put a couple of those factors together and all of a sudden you're through two, three innings of baseball. That's, that's not in your favor here. I, I just didn't think that this game was going to be, in any way in favor of the White Sox, but at the same point in time to throw it to the pitching side, that doesn't mean that you can't throw Lance Lynn against them just because he's 0 and six or whatever against these guys. He is still your arguably number one guy. Like he still has the opportunity to win you a ball game. But if he doesn't, I think we can all accept that there's still a, a, the rest of the series to be played. Yeah. And going back to this point, I don't want to make concessions. You never want to concede anything, but at the same time, you set up your younger guy, you're, you're up, you know, let's be uh, frank with it. Lucas Giolito. Sure. He looked excellent in, in that, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. Yes. Here in 2021, but that playoff start last year, look, look dominant in that one. I know that was a different situation because he was the bona fide number one and Kike being number two, just with the weird shortened season, all that, but it's still very limited you know, action there for him in the postseason. He could have very well come out and gotten shelled today or even not gotten shelled, but you give up three, four and he could be behind the eight ball and you don't get the offensive. If you got the same off production that you had for Lynn today, what's the fucking point? Then Lynn, he could go out there in game two and get shelled. So I think you set Lucas Giolito up for the best chance of success. Do you agree? I, I agree with that 100% mm-hmm. here. I think if you look at it again, from a matchup standpoint, the way that this thing was set up, it absolutely favored the Houston Astros today, and I think it absolutely favors the Sox tomorrow. So coming into this series, we all felt, and I believe that there's consensus amongst this group and amongst anybody that is listening to this right now, go into Houston, get a split. That's all you have to do. Yes. Find a way. Get this ball game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if they are able to do that and we come home, Sunday night for the big party, 1-1. Who's going to be upset about that? So No one. All, all the consternation about Lancelin starting this game today here, it, w- it would all be for naught. Yeah. Because, John, Johnny, like you, were, like you were saying, if you start – I'll ask both of you guys this, Steve, real quick. Would you rather have Giolito going up against McCullers Jr. given the fact that the Sox lineup doesn't fare well against that profile of pitcher – 
Or would you rather throw Lynn, your guy that's going to throw fastballs, be your game one starter, and and if it goes the way it did today, wouldn't you feel more confident tomorrow knowing that you've got Lucas Giolito on the mound? That's the exact situation we're in, yeah. and yes. The yes. answer is yeah. just yes. The answer right. for me is yes as well. Yeah. I, One I, million percent. Yeah, guys, I get a question that follows up here, because I'm don't. i not discrediting criticism of, you know, the, the decision-making. That's all, everyone, you're, it, there's plenty of ways to go and look at this, uh, but a good point that is brought up here, and I think it's a question that we can talk about, is so now what do you do in a game five? Um, I think with the days off, because you have travel days in between, some Lucas of these, Giolito, you, could, yes. you could run out Lucas Giolito there. I was just wanting to bring that up. You, what are you, your thoughts on that, Steve? I don't see a scenario in which Lance Lynn throws another pitch in this series. I, I've been talking about this and kind of beating, beating this drum here throughout the course of this entire broadcast. It's just simply not a good matchup. So the way that this thing is set up here, obviously, given the off days, if this – does get to a game five back in Houston, you're going Lucas Giolito there on the road. And the, the off down. days are the off days are big there because you basically get them on normal rest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 100%. So th- uh, thank you, Scott, for the question. That's a very good point to bring up when I you're looking to. into the future. Obviously, you don't want to get there. You just want to win it in four. That's that's the goal here. But if it does get to a game five, my prediction, Sox and five, I think it goes to Giolito. So that, that's a I hate question. to go four D chess, Johnny, but like yeah. that's that's like Tony Larusa four D chess right here. Is you throw in, Lynn in, in this game to kind of offset McCullers, then you go Lucas Giolito to mm-hmm. give yourself the best chance to win, knowing that game five you are going to be able to throw Lucas Giolito again. That's where I think yeah. that this it, went, and that's where at least from a White Sox fan standpoint, I would like to hope that yeah. Larusa said. If I throw Giolito game one, it's going to offset that. So where his rest days are different, I can still line him up to go two in this series. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's the point. And, and you know, we we it's not that we're just blatantly just defending TLR all the time. You know, we we me and Tony we're admittedly we are fans of Tony Larusa, but it, it can be just gamesmanship in general. Uh, just think about how you have to manage a series, what arms are available, how the matchups play out there. It's all so many factors that go into it. And obviously we don't even have a fraction of the data that the, uh, you know, analytical staff for uh, the White Sox have here. So we're hoping that's the case here. And I, I think that's how it plays out, because if we can sit here and map it out there, I'm sure there's been a lot more planning going on behind the scenes for it. So just a reason i guess like i said last night let's not we're not jumping off the ledge here nobody needs to it's okay to be pissed it's okay to be frustrated about that i hate losing i'm pissed that they lost six to one but let's reel it back in i win three in this in this thing to advance to the next round white Sox still in a position to do that you lose tomorrow you're gonna have some problems but i think it's gonna be they a feast lose day tomorrow, tomorrow. i think I it's gonna be who's gonna be I, on the show but it's gonna be bad i think it's gonna be a feast. i think tomorrow. it's gonna be a feast day tomorrow guys i, I really do i, I think I, that I, the, so. I think that the right-handed bats show up and guess what sure uh, bray you drove in the only run which is you know it just it speaks to what steve was talking about earlier this guy just being an absolute warrior but you know who hasn't shown up yet and who loves to show up in the big moments is tim anderson so he got he got his feet wet a little bit you know got a hit at the end of the game there I think he's due for a big one tomorrow. I love it. I love it. I think if Timmy were to go out there and to set the tone early, and I think AJ actually talked about this on the broadcast, saying that 
if Framber Valdez goes out there and just tries to groove that first pitch fastball, he better look out and they better look out if you know whoever's driving that train tomorrow because Timmy might be looking to nuke one first pitch here. So I think that's a very good point that you bring up, Johnny. Obviously, he had that hit. I think it was in the in the eighth inning there um, tonight. You know, a little little soft flare going in there. But we all know Timmy's the table setter. He's the guy that makes yeah. this engine go. And if he can go out, set a tone, get on base early in this first inning, that's going to be a harbinger of good things to come for the Sox offense. Right, guys. I want. I I don't know if you guys had any more that you wanted to elaborate on from uh, game one, but I think we can not completely flush it here. But I think we can set our sights uh, on game two here because the only way to go is forward. Um, and you were talking about Framber Valdez there, Steve. You want to give us a little rundown here and why this favors the White Sox? I know we've said that multiple times here, but let's get into a little bit of the why. Well. I think over the course of the last two years, we've all seen the fact that the Sox handle left-handed pitching better than they handle righties. Uh, just the numbers simply bear that out. Now, the one thing that Framber Valdez does have going in his favor is he is a very heavy ground ball pitcher. And they talked about this again ad nauseum during the course of the broadcast that the Sox hit ground balls at a very alarming rate. However, Valdez is not a guy that is gonna, going to overpower you with stuff. He's really going to... He's really a control and command guy, and he's not a heavy strikeout guy. So the Sox are typically a very aggressive team when it comes to swinging at pitches within the strike zone. Valdez is in the strike zone frequently. So if they are able to get underneath the baseball here and elevate a little bit more than they did today, um, I think they're going to be in a much better position to hit the ball even in gaps or hit the ball out of the ballpark here, given some of the short dimensions at mid-to-mid park. As Steve says, ball go far, team go far. I think that's kind of your key here. Hit some home runs, score some runs, and let the rest work itself out. Um, I've said it a million times. Give your starting pitcher a lead to work with. And again, we're going cliche. Just give your starting pitcher a lead to work with. And, and things seem to work out well. It's just what you have yeah. to do. And I, I want to go back to a point beyond the, it's just the basics of the game. You need to score runs to win. You know, that's, <laughs> that's just the uh, bottom line. Um, of sports in general, but Steve, it's something that we've discussed throughout the season uh, on the show. And it's where you feel a a lot worse when your team just can't muster up anything offensively, but it's the exact opposite effect. When things start to go right and you start to roll a little bit, you almost feel like you're on top of the world. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right, Johnny. And I think that's a big part of the reason why this game today was so deflating because of the fact that they only were able to muster the one run. And throughout the first six innings of this ball game, the plate appearances were relatively flat. They were not getting themselves into positive hitters counts. and They weren't putting themselves in positions to do damage. So if they're able to do that tomorrow, and even if you, if you go back and if you look the course of the last three innings, they started to do that a little bit more. The results weren't there, but if you go about the process the right way, I think ultimately you're going to see those results turn. So, Hopefully, what we saw over the course of those last three innings here will have a carryover effect. And I know a lot of people will say that that just simply isn't something that is real from one game to the next. And 
we, we can have that entirely separate debate at, at a later point in time if, if we want to. But just go about things tomorrow. Make Framer Valdez work. And if he makes mistakes in the zone, be aggressive on him. And I think we're actually going to see that tomorrow. They talked about this early on in the broadcast that the Sox were not swing at first pitches uh, very much throughout the first, I want to say, 10 or 11 hitters that came to the plate, which is really atypical for this lineup. If you look overall, a group that has Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert. I think, again, if Framer Valdez tries to get a little cute tomorrow, tries to just groove in some fastballs to get ahead and counts, he might be in for a world of hurt tomorrow. Yeah, I, I love that mentality, Steve. And just we don't need to go into the full discussion there. But think about just without throughout the course of a baseball game, um, when people say hitting is contagious. OK, yeah, sure. There's probably no science to back that up. No, no exact numbers. But there is something to be said for how you string a rally together. And that is where I get the hitting is contagious thing. Um, it's beyond just the plate approach. You need to have that, that you need to have your X's nose down first. But after that, then you get the morale in the dugout going. It's when you see Timmy and Billy Hamilton doing stuff like that in the dugout. When you see the boys stepping up on the top steps and waving the Gatorade towels around, there's something to be said for that, that you just can't quantify that there was not much going on of in the White Sox dugout today. I believe that was, you know, uh, Tony, something that you had with uh, Ozzy Jr. Uh, discussed on Twitter there. And if we see that tomorrow, the White Sox are going to be in a much better place. So th- that's where I'll leave it at for that. Don't need to go into any more there. But when you, when you string it together, offense can be contagious. You know what I call that, Johnny? I call that the don't stop now, boys. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I think of when you talk about that situation is the, the don't stop now boys. When Hawk said that as you were growing up, Johnny, Steve, you were probably like already an adult. You're probably so, so old and, and just like it was cringe for you as the kids would say. But to me, that's don't stop now, boys. That's, just continue the line, continue the rally, continue to manufacture runs. It doesn't have to come from the home run. It doesn't have to come from anything else, but just continue to put up the coolest thing in, in, in baseball, crooked numbers, Johnny. Yes. That's, I love what, the Sox, that's what the Sox need to do. Yeah, put up some crooked numbers early tomorrow. Yeah. I think they can. I think they can. Yeah, I think the, I, I do think this matchup favors them. So I do feel good about the White Sox tomorrow. I'm predicting a winner, um, probably in the seven to three to four range, boys. How about you? I think that's a very good prediction, Johnny. I'm going to go uh, six to three tomorrow. White Sox winner. I think Lucas Giolito goes out there, gives them uh, six innings of two run ball, and the bullpen goes out there, gets the job done from there. You know. I wouldn't be surprised if my guy, Aloy Jimenez, who I recently wrote a little couple two tree words about on, on tapsportsnet.com, maybe puts one in the Crawford boxes. So from a pick to click standpoint, I'm gonna jump the gun a little bit right here. Eloy's my guy tomorrow. Yeah. 
I like that. I'm going to go Timmy. Pick to click straight up. I explained it earlier. Um, I think he is uh, kind of a tone setter and a guy that uh, will rise to the big moments. We've seen it plenty of times. Field of Dreams, um, various other, uh, you know, walk-off situations. Loves bet drop there. Um, probably not good, you know, obviously not in that situation. Uh, walk-off sort of scenario, but uh, setting the tone. We saw it in the clincher at Cleveland, too. So, um, not saying he's going to hit a lead-off home run, but um, I think that, you know, just getting – the wheels turning a little bit at the end of the game, even though it was a little flare single. Uh, I think that bodes well. I'll go Timmy against the lefty at the top. Tony. The hitting is contagious, right guys? If hitting's contagious, my pick to click tomorrow is this entire fucking lineup because everything that we saw today was kind of dog shit until the end. But I can see where Timmy's going to have, you know, two hits. I could see a game where Luis Robert has fucking a monster home run. Gavin Sheets comes out and does, you know, maybe a double, another home run. It, I, I really believe oh, in the hitting. I'm going to have to stop, have to stop you right you're gonna there. Stop. You're going to stop you right there. He ain't in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't going to see Gav. We ain't going to see your baby boy in the how lineup. How do you tomorrow. know? How do you know? How do you know? Because it's a lefty. That's so why. Going, That's Andrew how I know. Vaughan? Yeah. Yes. Righty, stack them. Your baby boy's not going to be he, in the starting lineup. He might lineup pinch tomorrow. it in the third inning oh, he after could. they fucking run this starting <laughs> pitcher. There, I mean, I think there's a possibility for a late, you know, a late inning when you're trying to add on for sure, especially in a DH spot, depending on who's where tomorrow. Um, we'll see how that plays out when the lineup comes out. Is Jose Abreu playing first base tomorrow? That's the question. Uh, that was still up for debate. He said he was going to test it out, see how he feels tomorrow. So he said, and also just not, uh, I still, you know, believe obviously Jose did it enough today to play and he drove in the only run. So you can't question this guy's character. But when he himself says, if I was, he said, uh, to reporters, if I told you I was 100%, I'd be lying. So, and he, he still that. went out yeah. there. That's yeah. one thing. Look, I, I want to drive this point home because there are a lot of guys. On this roster, and I'm sorry, this is going to be a controversial opinion. People are going to be fucking pissed. I don't care at this point. There are certain guys on this roster that are what is referred to in the game as 100 percenters, or if they don't feel like they're 100 percent, they feel like they can't go out there and play. Jose Abreu is not that guy. I'm going to say it again. This guy is a fucking warrior. Okay, this why this is why he is one of the leaders of this baseball team and has been since he got here in 2014. And that's the reason why he's going to have a bronze fucking statue on the concourse whenever he decides to hang him up. I love it, Steve. That's a great lead out. I really don't have too much else. Um, I just feel good about the White Sox tomorrow. That's my final thought. I'm right there with you. All the doom and gloom. It's all bullshit. Get a win tomorrow. Come home one and one. Party of the fucking decade on Sunday. Let's go. Yeah. Can't wait, boys. It's going to be a blast, uh, you know, uh, being back for fucking playoff game. It's so crazy to even think uh, that we're in this situation just because it's been so long. Um, but uh, good to jump on. I'm glad I, uh, you know, caught you guys kind of mid-show here uh, and jumped on after my ridiculous uh, spiel in the comments to start the show. So glad you guys had some fun with that. Hey, we needed that, uh, especially after the kind of mood that it left everyone in here. So uh, Tony, yes, final things, and I, I can uh, close this out here. 
have some fun. Like I said yeah. before we closed all this down on the last show, appreciate it. Wasn't what we wanted today. Tomorrow's another day. The best thing about baseball is there's, there's no clock. This team can come back. We've seen it before. I have a really good feeling about tomorrow. Yeah. As the elder statesman of this group, I'm going to tell a little story here. I'm going to take a walk down memory lane. In 2005, the White Sox only loss of the postseason was in game one of the ALCS against the Angels. I had tickets the following night for game two. There was a lot of nervous energy in the ballpark that night leading up to that day. That day, I was nervous. I had a lot of emotions. I couldn't focus when I was trying to go to class. I was definitely nervous that day. But the fact of the matter is they rebounded. They won eight consecutive games. We got a fucking parade. We got a great party in downtown Chicago. So one game, it's not the end of the world. Yes, it sucked. But the fact of the matter is this team is not dead yet. Stop acting like it. Yep. And all of the a, uh, bullpen A squad arms are rested, available, ready to go. So th- that is just is one that final why thing. Jose Ruiz exists? Yeah, I guess so. And to make you drink and have that yes. hilarious screenshot of you just tipping back a beer, like straight straight up to the sky. <laughs> I was just wondering yeah. why yeah. he exists. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in and joining the discussion here. Uh, remember, you need to go to the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube page to do that now because Twi- uh, Periscope ended RIP in peace. Uh, but um, you can go and join the comments on YouTube and we can see those. Unfortunately, Twitter does not let them integrate the uh, those comments into our chat yet. We're hoping uh, that development will change. But uh, just since this is fairly new for them, uh, make sure you subscribe to ONTAP Sportsnet on YouTube. And then that's how you can join the conversation here. So thanks to everyone who left comments here. Uh, go and subscribe to the podcast too, wherever you listen. Uh, five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough, as Buzz would say. Um Make sure, yeah, where's in WIC's head? I was gonna say this, and that I, I, I think that that's White Sox sale. I don't know if it's White Sox sale, but Steve, for me, I have less confidence in tomorrow's ball game because you do not have a headband on, and I've been trying to find a way to say it. Yes. That's what we needed. Yes, I'll give the people. Thank you. I, I am so. Fucking happy. See, now I am Tony. So fucking happy that he put the headband on. Yes. I now we, have confidence we, in tomorrow. Thank are we you. are we better now? Yes. We are a hundred percent better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have got two, three headbands here. Tony Tony always wears a hat. So what up, Sal? Expected. Oh yeah, all is good now. Say yes. Okay, all is right in the world with White Sox Sale. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you go and listen back to this on your favorite podcast platform whenever uh I've got a wherever you listen here somewhere. <laughs> Get it ready for next time. You're unprepared. <laughs> thanks. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks again for everyone for tuning in. Go and uh, this will be up in podcast form as well. So check it out wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure you're visiting on tapsportsnet.com for all Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Go to Grandstand for any White Sox merchandising needs you might uh, want to acquire this postseason. They're located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. And shop online, grandstandsocks.com and follow them on social media at Grandstand Sox. So, boys. I think we all are in consensus feeling good about uh tomorrow um i think it's going to be a feast day as we mentioned feast famine today was famine tomorrow's gonna be feast off a lefty righty bats get it going i think ta sets the tone that's all i've got white Sox forever 
White Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs>